All right, are you ready this morning? I don't know really where I'm going. Of course, I've got my outline written and all that, but there's lots of stuff going through my mind, so you never know what I'm going to say. You know, people probably wonder, you know, what is behind, whether it's the podcast or what things that they see or whatever, it's the Holy Ghost that's behind it all. It's the power of God. The reason why this church knew what to do over the last 43 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. The reason why we knew is because of the Holy Ghost. It's not because of me. It's not because of my astonishingly brilliant wisdom, which I believe that it is. I'm not kidding. However, it's the Holy Ghost. The power behind it all is the Holy Ghost, not personalities. It would all fall apart. The reason why the worship team's so good is because the worship team's prayed over. The Holy Ghost is present. That's what, that, that's what it's really all about. You can be staunch, and believe me, I don't know if there's anybody in this room more staunch right wing than I am. You can be as staunch right wing as you want, and, and I'm, not, I'm not belittling it, I'm putting it in its proper order. But you can still go straight to hell being, being a Trump supporter. So you can go straight down, believe me, I'm a Trump supporter. I'm just telling you, can't say that, you're 501c3. I can say whatever I want. Here's the thing, what I, what I mean by that, you need to understand this. As long as I don't put the church behind a candidate, and I'm not telling you who to vote for, I'm just telling you that it rhymes with lump. So, but, but you can be as right, and I've been, I've been at those places. The greatest right-wing pundits on the planet. I love them. I love them. I watch them. I'm a part of them. I bought their merch. But a lot of them, they're going straight to hell. They're just right politically. If you really want happiness, you want peace, you want joy, if you want victory, you want a great marriage, whatever it is that you want, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. And that comes through salvation. That comes through receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, everything else is a waste of time. Okay, well, we win the presidency. Okay, well, you'll be empty. You will be. It doesn't work. Nothing, nothing works but God. You can fight it all you want. You can waste your whole life. This isn't even the message yet. This is all for free. You can waste your whole life chasing something else. You can. You're not designed for anything but, but to be the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. You'll waste your whole life looking for other things. Nothing works. No guy will work. No girl will work. No thing will work. No job will work. No vacation will work. No destination will work. Nothing. You're not designed for it. Again, it's like, it's like running a tractor in a Formula One race. It doesn't work. You can try it. You can be out on the track and participate, but it doesn't work. So I urge you, I urge you, dive into God. Yes. Dive into the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're afraid of the Holy Ghost, this is what you need to do. Holy Ghost, just rule and reign. Amen. Just give in. It's God. It's got it's not my agenda. It's his agenda. All right, now I'll start the message. Matthew eleven twelve, where we've been the last couple of weeks. And this, I don't know exactly how this message will go. I have a lot of different tributaries to the river that I could go down, but here's the root verse. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, 
The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of God is taken by force. Now that's always preached to the positive. Like if you want it, go get it and 100% agree as we've already preached. But where we left off last week is the kingdom of God is taken by force in both directions. The promises of God are taken by force. Forces asking, forces proclaiming, forces confessing, forces expectation, force is demanding, forces never giving ground, forces taking ground. I'll, I, will, I will never put a mask on, never. It's not even a thought. Never, you never cede ground to the antichrist spirit. I will never water down messages so people will stay in the building. That's ceding ground to the devil. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force and that goes both directions. The things that I just said, the promises of God are taken by violence. But the promises of God are also stolen by violence because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The devil takes it by force. Carnality takes it by force. And the spirit of God takes it by force. And a compliant inward spirit of man takes it by force. You decide. Both for the will of God is taken by force and against the will of God it is taken by force. First Peter 5.8. And you know, why do I talk about these things? Because I see Christians endlessly being stolen from. And they have no idea they're being stolen from. I, I, listen, I can get along with anybody who's honest. Anybody. Like, I like, I even really like nerdy people. As long as they know they're nerdy. You know what I mean? Where's Will? Is Will in here? <laughs> Will, where are you at? You in here? Oh, he's broadcast. I'm talking to you, Will. He's a buff, like, Marine guy, but he's a Star Wars geek. He's comfortable with it, talks about it. I'm good with, I'm good with that, as long as people are honest with themselves. But most people are being stolen from, believe that they're being given to. They're actually getting their pockets picked spiritually and believe that they're prospering. They're getting robbed and believing that they're prospering. And we'll dive deep into this. First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Second Peter 3, 17. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the arrow of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Sorry, Calvinists, you're wrong. You've always been wrong and you always will be wrong. That, those are actually people who are stolen from. It's literally like asking somebody a question. You know, I'll go back to politics for a minute. You ever watch a video where a leftist is confronted? If you're a leftist, I'm sorry, you're a leftist. You need to repent. You do. You can't, you, listen, if you're a leftist, that means you believe in butchering the unborn. You're not going to heaven. You might as well repent. Somebody needs to tell you. Might as well be me. You're like, I've never, I've never been to a church like this before. I'm, uh, listen, there, is, there are no holds barred here. I have no agenda. 
Nothing. But literally, you go up to somebody and you ask them, all right, you call right-wingers Nazis. Name our Nazi attributes. Give them to me. They'll just blankly stare. Name our Nazi legislation, our totalitarian legislation or policies. I can name yours. Uh, Mass censorship. When, When have I ever tried to censor anybody? Never. I'm banned off of YouTube right now for life. I've never asked, listen, I've never asked, I've never asked anybody to ban anybody. So who's more of a Nazi? Who slaughters the unborn to the tune of 40 to 80 million per year? Talk about COVID? COVID? Who does that? Not, who, who does mass experimentation on humanity? Certainly wasn't me. So these are people who are completely uh, dishonest with themselves. They don't have the ability to back up their agenda and their narrative. And by the way, that's the same thing in Christianity. Tell me why you believe what you believe with Bible verses. People think that I'm challenging them weekly to come challenge me. Uh, Listen, all I'm telling you is this. If you're going to defeat doctrine, it better be Bible verses. Not, well, you know, I feel. Okay, that's the very first, you know, I feel. Four words of heresy. You know, I feel. Or just substitute other, other words. You know, I believe. You know, I think. You know, my experiences. That's the first four words of all heresy. And people have no idea that they're being stolen from that they are losing. And I'm gonna give you the solution for it this morning, but it is a tough pill to swallow. You may have to be like me and say, you know what? I wasted, I'm 55, I wasted 50 out of 55 years. 50, 50, 50 years. You willing to say it? Maybe some of you will have to say, you know what, I'm not the greatest parent in the world. It took me a year to talk my wife into having a third baby. You're like, Tom, where's your third baby? You only got two, I'll tell you. <laughs> took me a year, I talked to her, I'm like, you know, I wanna have, I wanna have another baby. But over that year, Norma was like one, so Tommy was three. I discovered, you know, I'm not the world's greatest parent. So there was a Christmas morning, I don't remember what year or anything, but somewhere in the late 90s, there was a Christmas morning, Hope hands me a box, and it's like this romantic Hallmark movie, which by the way, I'll, I'll fill you in on that in just a minute. <laughs> I'm in the midst of watching Christmas Cottage right now, but anyway, um, you're like, what is this guy? Just a, <laughs> I'm very deep, I'm just very deep, lots of... So she hands me like this box and she says, you know, basically, um, you know, time to have another baby. And I'm like, oh, it's, and then I had to like tell her, you know, I've uh, decided to bail on that. <laughs> and she's like, whew, cause she didn't want one anyway. <laughs> cause listen, I was honest with myself. I, I was, this, some of you are gonna think less of me. Welcome to the club. Lots of people around town thinking less of me. <laughs> I just, you know, to me, a lot of the parenting stuff was so 
freaking boring. Sitting there watching their shows. You know? I was just bored. You know, I, I, like people are like, oh, I love them when they're little. I like them. The older they got, the more I liked them. I could talk to them. It was great. It was wrestling and fighting. You know, we could fight and it was great. You know, the older they got, the better it was. But I was, you know, I wasn't somebody just be like, you know, just sometimes I just go in there at night and look at them breathe. Maybe with a gun in my mouth. But other than that, no, I mean. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? It's just not for me. I mean, I'm like, you know, I don't need more. I'm not that great to begin with. I need to hone in and be better with the two I already got. A lot of people, they're just trying to fill voids. So they pop out one puppy after another. It's never gonna solve the problem. The Holy Ghost will solve the problem. Nothing else will solve the problem. Jesus will solve the problem. You're welcome. See, I see this all the time. People are endlessly stolen from. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. You're being stolen from. Let me give you some examples. These are the things that I actually have seen all the time. A husband follows their error-filled wife. Or the wife follows their error-filled husband. This follows somebody who's who's full of error. That's E-R-R-O-R. So if you know, I'm not saying it clearly. A wrong wife, a wrong, and they follow each other. I mean, I just use this because this is what I've experienced over the last 20 years of pastoring this church. As I see people, I'm like, you don't even like your husband. You're gonna leave the church with him? God tell you to leave? Tom, you know, you have to follow your husband. You have to follow your wife. No, you don't. Not in that area. Wives, submit to your, I know the Bible verses, Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I understand it, but not in spiritual matters. If your husband is moving to Las Vegas because prostitution is legal there, you don't need to follow him. And it's the same thing. Everybody thinks here that because I kicked out your husband or I kicked out your wife, that you're kicked out. No, you can keep coming. You're like, how many people do you actually kick out of this church? Oh, one every two years, something like that. They're one out of, well, seriously, I don't kick out that many people. They just leave on their own. <laughs> but I see them, and they're being stolen from, and they actually think that they're progressing. I'm going to tell you this. This is, this is a staunch saying. If you leave the church that God has called you to, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. You may hate this church right now. Some of you are holding on like, when is there like a break? Maybe I'll show a video and I can sneak out the back door. There's no breaks coming. You have one hour from right now is when we'll leave. Or when we'll close in prayer right now. There's no, there's, so if you leave the church that God is, you sound like, Tom, you're a protectionist. You're trying to make sure that people stay. Have you heard me preach already today? You really think I'm trying to keep people? I want people to stay, but I don't try to keep people. It just, I, I preach what God tells me to preach and let chips fall where they may. That's it. I mean, I told you, I've given you these stats before. Where were some of the big exoduses of this church? Tom, nobody ever talks about these things. I talk about them. My wife doesn't like that I talk about them, but I talk about them. What were some of the big exoduses of this church? Well, when we, when we refused to close, 
I was I refused the clothes for COVID, refused the mask. I refused to put my singers on stage with masks on, with slits cut in their masks. With I'm no longer a slave to fear on their mask. I refused to do all that, and 30% of this church left and never came back. 30 to 40%. And when you're running about 200 people, that hurts. It hurts, and it's very, very noticeable. So 30 to 40% of the church left then. And then we grew, you know, to where we are now. And then the moment that I laid hands on people, 100 people left this church and never came back. Now, how, why, now again, as I ask a leftist, explain to me how I'm a Nazi. No answer. Explain to me the biblical justification of you leaving for that reason. Since we are commanded in more than one scripture to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. So what, where are you going? Um, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Heresy! And you're wasting your life? You're like, Tom, that's just not true. You know, there's so many other churches. No, there's not. Ask people. Who's from out of town in here? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Are there a bunch of other churches? Are there? Are there? Yeah, there you go. How about in the back? Well, raise your hand if you're in the back. Are there a bunch of other churches? Are there? There isn't, is there? There isn't. And there isn't a bunch of other churches here either, by the way. There isn't nothing. You won't find a thing until you get to Tampa. I'm telling you. I know, and you waste your life when you leave the church God has called you because you're offended. Get a crowbar out and crowbar your thumb out of your mouth. You don't do it at work. You know why you don't do it at work? This has nothing to do with the message. You know why you don't do it at work? Because you love money, which is the root of all evil. You wouldn't dare touch the money, but you'll touch the church. You'll touch your calling. You'll touch your gifts, which are not gonna happen unless you're in the church God has called you to. Amen. And I'm talking about those of you that are watching online right now. I wish Aaron was here. I'd give him, shout me out a number. 326 people are watching right now. Listen, we are your church. There's nothing else. Just stick with us. There, listen, I would never have said that. I would never have said that. I know all of you have heard this before. I would never have said that four years ago. I would be like, you gotta find a local church. You can't. There isn't any. There are a bunch of kowtowing cowards. Cowards, either coward to COVID, coward to the, to the uh, world global agenda, the globalist agenda, the, the who's agenda, the UN's agenda, whatever it may be. They'll all be driving to the churches in their EVs. They're a bunch of cowards. They, they cower to COVID, whatever it may be. Or they cower because they're not gonna preach the gospel. Because the homosexual community will be mad at you. The transgender community will be mad at you. The liars will be mad at you. The fornicators will be mad at you. The people who believe there's more than one way will be mad at you. The tolerant will be mad at you. The accommodating will be mad at you. If you have a pastor who's even remotely concerned about anybody being mad at them, you're at the wrong church. You preach the word instantly. Popular or not. It's what you do. And then you stand in it and you enjoy the blessings of God that come with it. And with blessings become persecutions. I am not a well-liked person. I know, listen, by the way, a lot of you aren't either. 
It doesn't, listen, I'm not licensing the idiots in the room. Because a lot, oh yeah, they don't like me. Listen, there's the reason why that, listen, everybody in my neighborhood likes me because nobody talks to me about the things that I espouse. They all know about the podcast. So they all just dance, we all just dance around it. And nobody says anything. The door opens the door. They ask me, I'm bringing it. They don't, they don't. So I'm not talking about the people who are purposely jerks, which is probably one of two of you in this room. But you need to really listen to this message because you're being stolen from. Your whole life is being stolen from you because you're holding on to being a jerk. I don't do that. I'm not liked because I'm transphobe. I'm homophobe. Whatever it is, whatever label, racist, whatever label, you know, I'm, I'm the one. The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. 400 plus thousand African Americans per year are butchered in abortion mills. Put on their street corners by the political party that they support at a 90% level. And I'm the racist. I want all those babies alive. I'm the racist. The people that are telling you that they're for you are the ones killing you. Just like the CDC. Oh, we're for you. We're here to save lives. Oh, yeah, really. Why is it that you hide all your data then? If you're trying to save my life, well, just show me all your data. Everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to light, lest their deeds be exposed. Jesus speaking, John chapter 3, verse 20. Back to the message. So I see it. I see the wife follow their error-filled husband right out of the will of God. See to it that no one takes you captive. No one. Colossians 2.8. No, I don't care if it's husband or wife. Because I've seen this over and over again. Over and over. The kid follows their error-filled parent. I had a buddy of mine who was a deputy sheriff. Got saved, was coming to this church for years, but his daughter's woke. So in order for him to have a relationship with her, he forsook Jesus. He just left Christianity. Because you can't believe that homosexuality is a sin. You can't believe that men are men and women are women and there ain't no fixing it. Trans, listen, the transgender agenda is simply lies. So you, you're going to have a daughter that goes, you know what? Yes, you know, his name was Bill, you know, but now it's Beulah. And you're just going to, you're going to go along with that? In order for me to have a relationship with my daughter, I'm going to have to go ahead and cede to the lie? No, but he did. He gone. Like, why would you ever do that? Because he who loves father or uh, uh, mother or father more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who saves his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. It's just Jesus talking now. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. A lot of parents will water down Christianity so their kid will get saved. What are you saving them to? You're saving them to heresy. 
If you water down Christianity, well, you know, some, we believe there's more than one way. You know, you, know, you, you call, you know, I know we go to that, you know, that Tommy's crazy and stuff. Don't listen to him. Just listen to me. He, you know, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, all, this is all the same. As long as you believe in something. Just so your kid will allegedly be saved through that? You just won them to the devil for eternity. And I see kids follow their error-filled parents right out the door. I understand if, you dri- if they drive you here, but I'm talking about adults. The friend follows their error-filled friend out the door And I'm using church as an example because it's easy to discuss, but it's not just church, it's flat out Christianity. Follow their error-filled relationship, whatever it is, right out the door of Christianity because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You may have a violent wife. Oh, it got quiet there. Preach more on domestic violence in this church. We'll have a, like on the King of Queens, we'll have a, quiet Aaron, we'll have a male victims of domestic violence group here at Foundation Church. She gives me wedgies and nipple twisters. You gotta see a King of Queens watch, it's great. Great show. Think about, think about what a sad group of men that is, sitting around in a circle. <laughs> My wife beats me up. All right, great. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I just tell them, listen, we have one, I have one bit of advice to give you. There's no hope. <laughs> listen, you, you may have a manipulative spouse. That's stealing from you because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. It could be a friend. It could be a relative. It could be another Christian. Where, where do false prophets come from? Inside the church or outside the church? Inside the church. The end times falling away. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8 is led by the believers. Quote unquote believers. Churchgoers. And here's the key, what's the number one false prophet to people? There we go, only, okay, about 14 people listen to my messages. Most of you will never be sent to false prophet. You're not worthy. I, listen, you're like, Tom, you're so mean. I'm not mean. You don't have enough fruit to be assigned to false prophet. But, Tom, did I not just tell you that I wasted 50, 50, 50 out of 55 years? Do you think I'm belittling you? Could I belittle myself anymore? You'll you'll be your own self. You'll be your own false prophet. If you start start producing fruit, don't worry, the devil will come. Persecutions will come. But if you're you're just an innocuous Christian, nobody gets saved around you. You don't ever bring a soul to church because you're, you're, you're scared of me. You're scared of their response to me. How did you got here? You're all right. Yes, it's a, listen, this is a brutal church. This is what church is supposed to be. For the word of God is not passive and smooth and rounded edges. It's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
You should be going to a church that's demolishing your high places, that's tearing down your high places, that's challenging you, that's convicting you, not making you feel comfortable and inoculated like the rest of the vaccine generation. Person follows their own self-error most of the time. So let's ask this question. What's the solution to all this? Lots of complaints, Tom. You spent 30 minutes talking about it. Now what's the solution? How do you know if following you is right? How do you know if following them is right? How do you know? It's very simple. It's one word. It's one word. It's a one word answer. Well, let's see. Let me, let's go through some criteria here. I'm not going to give you the one world, one, one world, one word answer. I say one world a lot. Because they make videos on social media criticizing other pastors. What, what does that accomplish? You, you ever see me? I, listen, I've got the operation that we run with the podcast and at this church because of Aaron, who I call Davy Jones. Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. But anyway, we, we pull off anything and everything. Like we have, we do everything that multi-million dollar podcasts do. Every last thing. And at times we look better. How he does it, I don't know. I don't want to know. Just let Aaron do what Aaron does. Right, and let him do it. Um, but, you know, we do that. If I wanted to, I could say to Aaron, hey, listen, I want to, I want to make some videos, man. And I don't want to crucify some people. <laughs> Believe me, it's been tempting before. We could do that, but what does that accomplish? Now listen, I need to speak out against false doctrine, and I will, and I'll even drop names as the Lord allows me to. I was, I was dropping name bombs for the entirety of 2020, the entirety, from the pulpit every Sunday. This pastor, that pastor, whatever it may, I don't, God, because God allowed that season to happen. But he has those seasons in his own authority. Amen. So he was like, that's enough. I said, okay, Lord, no problem. But because you're critical of a pastor, and listen, that doesn't mean you can't have a discussion with your wife. You want to go home today and say, yeah, that Tommy's loud and sweaty. He talks too much about politics. What, you can go ahead, have that. Go and have that with your wife if you want to. That's fine. If you go and hold court somewhere and crucify me or crucify Foundation Church, I'm always saying Applebee's, so I'll pick uh, Buffalo Wild Wings today. <laughs> and you decide to do that, understand that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. A perverse man stirs up dissension. And a gossip separates close friends. Now here's the thing, I'm gonna give you a hint of what that one word, one word answer is. Gossip separates close friends. I want you to notice, I want you to see, if you gossip, how many gossips we got in here? Don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. I wanna, some, I've done a lot of gossiping, I've just repented of it. But what you do whenever you run your mouth, your pie shoot, Crucifying other Christians. Under, mark the people that you're crucifying other Christians to and understand you will not be friends with them for long because the gossip separates close friends. That should give you a hint of what that one word answer is. 
Should you follow them? Should you follow you? Because they make great videos? Because they're critical? No. You're like, Tom, you're, you are critical. I'm only critical when, it's, when somebody's preaching something antithetical to the Bible. That's it. I'm not critical about their music, their style, their dress, nothing. Just if they're antithetical to the word of God. I don't go and watch the service and go, well, you know, I don't really think it should have gone that direction. Who am I? Who are you? I've watched these videos of these pastors being crucified. You know, the, the, people will put chirons on the bottom. Do you really think this is the Holy Ghost? I've watched them many times. And not just the person I met with last week who showed me. I'm not just talking about that. I've watched many of them. You know, what do you think of this? Well, I don't think any of it because an idiot made it. If you weren't even in the room and you're watching a video from 17 years ago, you really think this is the Holy Ghost? How would you know you weren't in the room? I don't do that. Someone comes up and says, you're, you're holding a conference at your North Point Christian Church where you're having married men, mar men married to men speaking on behalf of Christianity and espousing their salvation, I'm coming. Because that's what Paul did. That's the word of God. But to simply sit back and criticize, well, you know, he was off on that one thing. Who cares? What's, what's the entirety of the message? You're like, Tom, you must have had a lot of people leave. No, I just preach what God tells me to preach. I haven't had a lot of people leave. I'm just telling, I'm just, do, I pre because listen, it's coming for you. Especially if you start to produce fruit. So how do you know whether you should follow you? How do you know if you should follow them? Because they're right? Would you follow them? If they are factually correct, should you follow them? It's all how they handle being factually correct. If I noticed that you put on 30 pounds, it's a fact, is it not? Oh, I noticed that you put on some pounds. I have an option. I have two options. I have two choices, and there is no C. There's A, there's B, and no C. I can go up to you, moreover, if thy brother has trespassed against you, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. So if I'm concerned about you because you put on weight, Matter of fact, if you, for almost every girl that's been pregnant in this church, I, I always go up to them and I say, hey, you know, I just, I wait till they got the big baby bump sticking out. I hover and I wait. And especially, so, I said last week, oh, we have beautiful women in this church who really care about what they look like. So I make a point out of going up to them, hey, I just noticed, um, putting on a little weight. Um, <laughs> they love it. They love it, in my mind. But anyway, I'm not fully out of my own delusions. But So you have two options. You can go up and tell them, or keep your mouth shut. That's your options. That's, that's all that there is. That, that's all that you have. 
If I say something that's antithetical to the word of God and you want to correct it, all you need to do is email Heather. Tom said this from the pulpit. What I, and here's, not, not, um, Tom believes in resurrection. Um, I, don't, I don't see how that could be. Okay, I'm not answering you. Go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. I'm not answering you. You're like, Tom, you should be open to everybody. I'd spend the rest of my life, rest of my life meeting with people and answering emails and answering social media posts. I'm not doing it. Understand, that's a miserable existence. So if I said something that, that's anti, what do you do? Post it on Facebook? Tom was wrong. No, you, get, you go ahead and get the Bible out and show me the Bible verses where I'm wrong between me and you alone, which would include Heather. That's all you gotta do. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. They either leave the church for some perceived theological discrepancy that they're nine times out of 10, and I'm being very generous because it's 10 times out of 10, are completely wrong. Whatever it may be. So your options are to go talk to the person or say nothing. That's it. In any circumstance. Again, Tom, there must, yeah, must be a lot of upheaval in this church. There's none. There's none. It's like, literally, there's a person problem in our church about once every three or four months. Somebody decides to sprout turkey feathers and run around <laughs> and gobble. Gobble, 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 gobble. And great. <laughs> if you're ridiculous enough that it actually has to get past Heather, past Travis, past Hope to me, that's bad. You're just... <laughs> As they've already warned you over and over and over again. So if they're right, do you follow them? They may be factually right, but not handling being right correctly, which makes them wrong. Do you follow them because they're offended? Oh, they're, offended uh, they're offended, so now they have credibility. Your husband's offended, your wife is offended, so suddenly they have credibility. I've seen husbands and wives follow themselves out of this church who hate each other. The wife knows he's a worthless husband. Knows it and says it to the women. And, he, and, he, and she knows what he is. Knows he's wrong about everything. Follows him out. Great, you're wasting your life. It's where God has called you to be. There's no fixing it but Repentance. A 180 degree turn. Sounds like Tom's trying to get a whole lot of people to come back. Everybody's welcome to come back. Except for those that I specifically told you aren't allowed in the building. There's only two. <laughs> two individuals not allowed in the building. But even if they came up and personally apologized, then I'd still take them back. And you're like, Tom, you're... We don't, you, don't, you don't strike me as somebody who's very forgiving. Wrong. Wrong. You can ask, Aaron's a very close friend of mine, ask him if I'm not a forgiving person. Not that I ever have to forgive him. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm, I do. I always take people back. And I'm, and I'm happy to see them. What makes, what makes me sad for people is watch them waste their lives for church politics. They'd rather be right in their own eyes that's what they are, right in their own eyes. Not actually right. They'd rather be right in their own eyes than right in the eyes of God. 
Because they are their own idol. That's what I was saying earlier. The reason why people will never leave their job, and I'm, listen, I'm a Grundoon myself. Work-a-day guy. 25 years, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. Every day, same thing, over and over. And I'm fine, I love that. And I love the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office and love my career there. Uh, but the thing is, if it came down to it, if they told me to start arresting people because they weren't wearing masks, it's over. Told me to start arresting people because they have guns, it's over. I'd give it up. Because the love of money, the holding on to my middle class life is worth losing my soul for all of eternity? But that's how people are though. They'll do anything to keep their job. And if someone burps next to them at the church and they smell bologna, did he have a bologna sandwich? <laughs> They're gone. Church, those seats need to be further apart. I've been in church since 1987. I've smelled everything. I've seen everything. I don't pick up and leave. Well, Pastor Rodney didn't even acknowledge me in the service today. I leave. That's how people are. But they never leave their job because that's their love. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also because your heart is a follower. Your heart doesn't set the standards, your actions do, and your heart follows it. Matthew 15, 12 and 13. So it, people, does it, does it lend people credibility, give them validity, do you follow them because they're offended? Maybe they're rightfully offended. What if they're rightfully offended? Somebody was mean to them today at Foundation Church. You know what? You come here long enough, someone's gonna be mean to you. It's gonna happen. I've had people mad at me for months because um, he just doesn't smile when he sees me. I don't smile when I see anybody. Why would I suddenly? Oh, there's Bill. I don't smile when I see anybody. Being offended does not give anybody credibility, even if they're rightfully offended, because you never should be offended. Even if you are right, you shouldn't be offended. Just move on. You really think the people that offended you are staying up all night going, man, I just, I just so burdened that I offended Tom. Just can't sleep. I can't sleep. I know I offended him. I just, I, what am I going to do? Nobody cares. Nobody cares they offended you. You might as well get past it. Or option A, go talk to him. One-on-one. A lot of people are too embarrassed because you won't, don't want to go up to somebody and say, go up to somebody and say ah, you know, you just don't seem to acknowledge me when I walk into a room. Who, who are you? The quicker you can learn that God's not a respecter of persons, then you shouldn't be a respecter of persons, and that includes you. Amen. People, come up, people come up and talk to me at times. Had a couple people... Um, delivery uh, drivers that have come into the, our neighborhood who watch the podcast and come to the church. And one of them was like, you yeah, know, I just didn't want to bother you. It's great people. It's great people. I love these people. 
I don't want to, I'm like, bother me. Look at me. Dude, I'm out here. It's two o'clock in the afternoon with my dog. Sweaty. It drives Hope crazy, but like, <laughs> I regenerate my clothes. Like, you know, that's what I call it. It's, it's regenerating. <laughs> Aaron got it. I resurrect my clothes. So like the day before, like all of my shirts are what I call, credit King of Queens, shirt plates. <laughs> well, you're gonna watch all these when you get on, watch them. Just pull them up on YouTube, shirt plate. It'll come right up. So all of my food spills on all of my shirts. And I keep my podcast shirts nice. But Hope was like, can you please take that off? You're going to ruin it. I always tell her, I'm not going to ruin it. I got it this time. I got it this time. The next thing I know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's ruined. I ruined all of my shirts. So the day before, I'll be eating. Like, I eat, I eat five guys like three, three times a week, something like that. And I get these giant double cheeseburgers or even triple cheeseburgers. And I, whenever I bite it, it, stuff shoots out the back and lands on my shirt. And I don't even care. A dog gets up, licks it off, whatever, and we're good. <laughs> but since that shirt's not sweaty, I take it off and I throw it to the side. And then the next day, I'm going out to go walk. I'm like, hey, that shirt's still fresh. May have some lettuce stuck to it. May have some dried up <laughs> mayo, whatever it is. I throw that bad boy on. I go out walking because I'm going to get the shirt, shirt all sweaty. <laughs> so these people are seeing me in the neighborhood like that. They walk up. It's like... Ketchup mixed with sweat. Looks like it's been shot with birdshot. <laughs> and like, we don't want to bother me. I, listen, I'm a child of God. That's my identity. I'm a, I'm a person just like you. God does not look at one person. Yes, I have to be elevated right here so everybody can see me. But, which when we redo the stage, I'm actually gonna be lower, by the way, and be able to walk off the stage so I can go out and hang out with you guys. It's too far to go. It's like walking through a, off a football field off the end to start walk around and get back up here. But I'm just like you, there's no difference. I'm not gonna violate the word of God by thinking of myself more highly than I ought. I'm not gonna do that. But people will be like, well, you know, we just you know, we don't wanna you know, bother you. We know how busy you are. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not more busy than you are. It's, I mean, it, it, I don't do those things. But it, back to offense, nobody. Offense does not lead credibility to anybody. Let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew 15, 12 and 13. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard, you, heard this saying? Jesus, don't you know that you offended the Pharisees? The ones that he calls sons of hell? Whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones? Twice as much a son of hell as yourselves, he actually said. But he answered them and said, now here's the compassionate answer to offense. Is this how you, if Jesus answers offense this way, then should you not answer offense this way? Oh, you know, just tell me how you were offended. In my house, you'll see, the, I just eye roll. Oh, brother. And you know, somebody at the church just said today that whatever, I'm like, Okay. You think I'm going to go and find them? Oh, you know, I'll do the opposite. If I find out that you're offended because I don't say hi to you, I'll never say hi to you again. <laughs> Ever. Because you're a little baby and somebody needs to put the paddles on your chest and, stro and, and shock you back to life. Or shoot Narcon up your nose. <laughs> and try to revive you back to life because you're an 
you're a 47 year old woman who is concerned about somebody saying hi to you. Did you never exit middle school? Are you still going there identifying as a 12 year old girl? So here's how Jesus answered offense. But he answered and said, every plant, remember the answer, do you, do, you, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? I should have actually used the more modern translation here because it would have landed better. So don't you know the, the Pharisees were offended by what you said? And here's his answer. Every plant which my, father, which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. How compassionate of you, Jesus. Jesus is not Christ-like to most Christians. Jesus is not kind in the eyes of most Christians. They think he is because they've made him that way in their mind. But Jesus is the word. That's Jesus. I don't care if they're offended. They're uprooted anyway. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. You're not worried about their petty offenses. Instead of, being, instead of having petty offenses, you should be like, how can I serve? How can I stick with it? Like you do at the sheriff's office. Like you do at the office. I stick with it. Does it give them validity if they're pouting? Because they haven't been accommodated? Because they're mad? Because they're hurt? Because they've read a new book. That's always my favorite. Luckily, that hasn't really sprouted its turkey wings for a while. Saw that a lot in the early 2000s, up to like 2000, 2000 to 2015. Lots of Christians reading these new books, their new revelation of graces that were contradictory to the word of God itself. Including books about there is no hell. By Christians. How do you know if following them is right? How do you know if following you is right? I know we've taken a long time. It's taken 53 minutes to get to this one world answer. One word answer. One world answer. Delete that, Aaron, on the, on the, on the record, on the video. How do you know? It's very simple. It's one word. If you don't know this one word, you're not sober. You're not vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who is that written to, the word, to the world? No. It can't be written to the world because they're already devoured. That was actually not just written to rudimentary Christians. That was actually written to leaders at the, at the church in Jerusalem. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Just because you are comfortable with you doesn't mean you aren't devoured. Just because you are set in what you believe doesn't mean that you aren't devoured. You need to take what you believe and use the mirror of the word of God to validate it. Which is mature, like I espoused last week when I was talking about the Abbott boys. They were like, you know, we're bothered, we're offended. They went to the Bible and found out they were wrong. And by the way, I've done the same thing. Oops. I don't really believe that people are supposed to be prospered and healed all, every time. I mean, come on, that's, that's the uh, name it and claim it. Name it and claim it's not in the Bible. Your guaranteed prosperity and healing is in the Bible. 
So I was wrong and Kenneth Hagin was correct. That's what you do. And by the way, I had to say that to my own wife. You, I am wrong and you are correct. Because I didn't believe that. I was a staunch hellfire brimstone guy, but I didn't believe in prosperity and healing every time or protection. Didn't believe it for years as a Christian. I got saved in 1987. Hope and I got married in 1996. And probably for the first year, I didn't believe it. So I probably started believing that stuff in 1998. Why didn't I believe it? Because I didn't, I didn't go and study to show myself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15, for those of you that are keeping score. But in order for you to be sober, and be vigilant, 11.55, we're gonna be closing here in the next 15 minutes-ish. Everybody good? So just stay alive, stay awake. Everybody, Foundation Church regulars, you need to demonstrate the technique. Go ahead, demonstrate. Right now, demonstrate. There you go, right there. That's all you do. It'll bring you back to life. All you gotta do is recirculate blood to your gluteus maximus, and your brain will come back to life. That's all you gotta do. If you're me, if you're like me and you're 200 plus pounds, you sit on that, you got, you got about a 15 minute window on these chairs. And you'll be, you'll be on wood in 15 minutes. So once you hit wood, you gotta scoop back over onto the foam and rotate throughout the service. That's what you do. I'm, listen, I am, a, I am a full service pastor. I'm gonna feed you physically. Oh, but tons of free food in the back at the end. Some of you don't stay for free food, you're crazy. Oh, it's right back there. Man, that's high-class stuff, too. People make it. People, I mean, that's good stuff. We're, we aren't just ordering dominoes back there, not that I'm against dominoes. So let me get to the answer. So how do you know whether you, you should follow you? How do you know? How do you know if you should follow them? Here's the answer, Luke 6, 43 and 44. A tree is known by its fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every man is known, for every tree is known by its own fruit. Now this is also espoused, by the way, in Galatians 6, 4. Let each one examine his own work. Examine your own work. And then he can rejoice, and I'm not quoting this exactly, but then he can rejoice in his works only and not in another. You can write the verse down and get it specifically for you. I mean, get it 100% quoted. It's Galatians 6, 4. There it is. I think I got it popping into my head now. Um, Let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. That's how it works. So this, people, Travis, Travis and I were having this discussion. People want to know, what's the vision of the church? What is, what's the vision of the church? The vision of the church is a franchise operation, baby. Think about this. What do you need to open a Chick-fil-A? Does anybody know? What do you need? Anybody know? I know. See the hand I have up here? That's giving you a hint. You need $5,000. That's it. Unless it's gone up. I mean, I'm telling you, like, in the late 90s, it was 2000, maybe into the 2000s, I mean, in the late 90s, it was 
$5,000, and I believe it's stay the same. You just have to be lucky enough to score it. It's basically like winning the lottery because lots of people want to open a Chick-fil-A franchise. You've got to qualify. And then you do exactly what corporate tells you to do. Every advertisement, whatever it is, you will not be open Sunday, whether you want to be or not, right? So that in essence, and believe me, I know about, don't come to me at the door. I know about their liberal caving and their foot washing, and I get it. I know all of it. Believe me, if you know it, I know it. I know about it all. I know about the new ownership and blah, blah, blah. I get it. I don't even go to Chick-fil-A anymore. I found better chicken sandwiches. But anyway. But basically, what it, what it, you, you get a Chick-fil-A, you're part of a franchise. Corporate makes its money off of you. Tom, you, you shouldn't be talking about money. I don't care what people think. Have you noticed this? We don't even take an offering. So obviously, how much am I after your money? I don't even take an offering. So, the boxes are on the back next to Big Ed. Right there, see Big Ed? There he is. He's my model. Look at him pointing at the box. Box to your left, box to your right. There he is. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. There it is. I'm not going to tell you how great a giving church you are because every time I tell you that, you stop giving. Everybody else is doing it. But anyway, so the corporate vision is you operating the franchise correctly. Corporate, people, think about how ridiculous it would be for all the franchise owners who are failing to go to corporate. So what's the corporate vision? Um, we told you what to do and you're not doing it. Well, okay, but I understand that. But what's the corporate vision? That, okay, I get that. But what's the corporate vision? You're like, Tom, that's incoherent, correct. You are the franchise. You feed corporate. If you're not producing, which every single one of these purple chairs should be full. This is, has to do with me, it has to do with you. I've brought people here, have you? Good. But that, understand, a tree is known by what it produces solely. You don't go to an orange tree and go, oh, you know what? It's just aesthetically very pleasing. No, you're looking for the, you're looking for the fruit. I want the oranges, baby. If you, if you sat there and you planted orange trees in your backyard or whatever tree you like, you're expecting the flower or you're expecting the fruit. If it doesn't produce, you can just sit back on this, you know, you know we, it's a moral victory that the thing came out of the ground. <laughs> if it doesn't produce fruit, what do you do with it? Pick it up, throw it into the fire, and let it be burned. Every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush or from a thorn bush. So how do you know if you should follow you? The fruit. What's your fruit? How do you know if you should follow them? What's their fruit? So it's what, that is what always absolutely boggles my mind, that wives follow husbands they hate, and husbands follow wives they hate, out of the will of God. False prophets, Matthew 7, 15, and 16, are known exclusively by their fruit. I'll give you an example. We've been podcasting now for three plus years, I think, right? Three and a half years, three and a half years. If it was still just Aaron and I watching the podcast, And I have Aaron sign on, so at least there's one viewer, even though he's running the thing. 
the fruit would not be good. And I should be looking into either I'm doing it completely wrong or no longer doing it. If there is no fruit, that is bad fruit. And most of the time, there's plenty of bad fruit to diagnose. The tree is known by its fruit. There is nothing else. Look at me, nothing. Not, well, I really feel like I'm growing. Not fruit. You know, I just come to a deeper revelation. Not fruit. That's the inner workings of the tree. That's not fruit. Fruit is salvations, miracles, power, finances, whatever you want to, that's fruit. Tangible fruit. Open doors, closed doors, open doors of ministry. When I was thinking of this, Jer's not in here. Tracy waves so everybody has context. That's her husband. But if I was Jer, I'd be thinking, you know what, things are working for me. A little open door, business, uh, ministry. Something, I'm doing something right. There's things that are opening for me, right? And I, what I do whenever, whenever things are staying exactly the same or they're stagnant, I'm not sitting there going, you know what, let me go to a, a conference on deep spiritual introspection. I don't do any of those things. I go, what is wrong? What's wrong? Because the fruit's not there. You're like, well, Tom, didn't you say that your church, our church, stayed the same numbers-wise for 15 years? That's correct. And I'm going, something's wrong. And people would have killed for what I had. I was making a living doing it. There's 200 people there. So it's saved between 150 and 250 for 15 years. There was evidence that I should be doing it, but evidence by, by 200 people coming every Sunday. Now, they were different people all the time because I scare everybody away. But there was evidence that I should be doing it because people were coming, but evidence that I was doing something wrong for it to stay the same for 15 years. I'm honest about it, are you? See how quiet it gets? Nobody, nobody, wants, nobody wants to upset the apple cart. Nobody wants to rock the boat. You, if your marriage stinks, there's a discussion that needs to be had. I was going to say something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So there's a discussion that needs to be had. But nobody wants to rock the boat. You see, so you're just going to continue in, in absolute complacent mediocrity for the next 25 years? For survival's sake? Instead of risking the opportunity at excellence? I would rather risk burning it to the ground than never taking the opportunity at excellence. That's what this whole ministry's about. This whole ministry is about risking it all. I mean, you, you talk like I do. You're risking it all. I know the people aren't coming back. I know there's people in this room will never come back. I know that. I'm not changing. Amen. I'd rather go for it. So here's the thing. So every, every tree is known. Understand this. Get this. I've told you that. We'll be done. We're on the clock in nine minutes. Nine minutes. I promise you. I'm going to stop in nine minutes. And we're going to pray. God will tell me whether to pray or pray over everybody or just do a salvation call. God will tell me. He always does. 
But you're known exclusively by your fruit. There's nothing else. Not the internal workings of your heart. Fruit. The internal workings of your heart and your mind are not fruit. Salvations are fruit. Finances are fruit. Miracles are fruit. People that you've won to the Lord are fruit. People that you bring to church are fruit. That's it. It's just like Aaron and I with the podcast. What is our fruit in the podcast? Audience numbers. That's it. Not, you know what, Aaron? Did you feel good about the podcast? Because I felt good about the podcast. I mean, I <laughs> Just picture us and that conversation from mic to mic. Aaron, do you feel good about the podcast? I feel good about the podcast. No, listen. We have bad numbers. We're both mad. We're both downtrodden. You're like, you got to risk that. I don't want to be hurting. Okay, well, you're never going to go anywhere. If you won't risk things, you're going nowhere. If you're just going to keep a narrative that everything's great, you're going nowhere, and God knows you by your fruit exclusively. That's it. That is it. So what's some of this fruit? Seven minutes to go. Do you ever cast out devils? Here it is, Matthew 16, 17, 18. These signs will follow those who believe. So what, I have a whole list here, and then I'm closing. This is it, closing right here. I have this whole another, gosh, dog, man. I got a 20 pages worth of notes here, and I got to page five. Just like the podcast. Do you cast out devils? Uh, okay, good. That's fruit. You speak with new tongues? Okay, fruit. Take up serpents? I'm not talking about crazy, wackadoo stuff. I'm talking about not being afraid. Drink anything deadly and by no means hurts you? Lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Do you have all things, Romans 8, 32? Are you wealthy? You should be. Jesus died to make you wealthy. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Just like him becoming sin for you, relinquish your repercussions of sin, him becoming poor for you sets you free from all lack for all of eternity. Sets you free from ever being poor. And enables you to become wealthy. The only thing keeping you from wealth is you. Amen. That's it. If you're somebody, oh, I can't wait for the paper to come out because I'm going to clip those coupons. <laughs> you're going to stay poor. You're just going to stay poor. I've known so many Christians. I've hung around with them. And I love them. I do. They're going to heaven. It's not like that. I love them. But I'm like, you know, if we, I found out, you know, I'm going to buy a car battery. And I found out that across town I can save $7.99 um, with this coupon. And I'm like, I mean, even, even if I, even, and people always use, well, you burn more gas going to across town. Even if we were right next to each other. Whatever is just more convenient to me is what I would do. Because I'm not going to have a poverty mindset. That I need, I need coupons. I'm not going to have it. Does that offend some of you? Listen, you have fun saving money. Fine. I don't think like that. I don't, and I'm never short of money. You're also probably the ones that hesitate, or that hesitate to tithe. Because you're a cheapo. You don't hesitate to pay your taxes. 
is you don't want to go to prison, but you'll rob from Yahweh? I'd rather rob from the federal government than Yahweh. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. To corporate. Franchise. No, Tom's just trying to get wealthy. I made more as a sergeant at the sheriff's office than I'm making right now. I had to work overtime to do it. And my base salary here is more than that, but only by $10,000. I make $10,000 a year more here as the pastor of this church. And, I can, and this drives my wife crazy, me talking about it, and it drives her crazy, and it drives Jeff crazy. He's on my board. For all, you're always, he's had to, he can't be on the board right now because I'm making him do some pastoral stuff for me, but um, drives Jeff crazy. You know, do you need to, do you need to take what you're, you're supposed to take? Drives Aaron crazy, drives everybody crazy. Because I don't. Because if you're a pastor of a church, there's about 900 people in this building this morning. Not in this room, in the whole building. In this room, there's about 700 people in here. Average salary for a pastor like that is close to over $200,000 a year. I don't, I don't make even half that. All right? I, I, don't, I, don't do, I, don't, I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I tithe. God always comes through. And I'm not saying I'm not going to take more money. I am. I'm going to give myself a raise this year. I give the whole staff. I'll give the whole staff a raise this year. Amen. But I'm just telling you, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what I'm going to take. I don't know yet. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, but I'm not, listen, I'm not going to rob God. God gets every other fruit. Do you have power? Acts 1.8. Do you have power? Power. I'm not talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about you walk in the room and people are like, something just changed. And I know nobody ever complains, so I'm assuming you're fine with it, but if you hang around Rodney Howard Brown as much as I have, he walks in the room, the temperature changes. I'm telling you, and you're like, oh, that's... You're a respecter of men. No, it's because he spent the time. He spent the time. It's like all the muscular men in here. They're not muscular because they sat next to a weight machine. <laughs> they spent the time. They looked the way they looked because they pumped iron for hours, of monotonous hours of pumping iron. I'm not saying that spending time with God is monotonous, but sometimes it is because God wants to be silent and see if you'll walk by faith. Not by feelings. I don't really feel like Bible study right now. Well, you do it anyway. You walk by faith. It's like if you walk by feelings and you're married, you're finished. You're finished. After you listen, what I was going to say earlier, sorry, Hope. If you haven't seen each other naked for a while, you got a problem. If you're making sure that you don't see each other naked, you have a problem. You need to address it. With nudity. <laughs> One clap. Courageous clap. God bless you. What's some others? 
You have love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Everyone talks about, people talk about fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, you stick with it no matter what. Or I'm offended. All right, good luck with that. You just walk right out of the will of God. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You are known exclusively by these things. That's it. Nothing else, not your personal revelations, not your feelings, not your thoughts, not your conference uh, attendance. These things, that's it. And it will be how you are judged also. You need to read the parable of talents. I'll finish with this. Worship team, make your way. Right at 12.15. Galatians 6.7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Right? How do you know if you're producing the fruit that you're supposed to be producing? Number one, have you put the seed into the ground because if you do, be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man puts in the ground will come up. Amen. Will come up. It is a spiritual law. Unless you verbally say it won't come up, then God will abide by it because you just prayed it. But every time I sow finances, I expect finances. When I sow love, I expect love. Because of why? Because of Matthew 9, 38. He is the Lord of the harvest. And you are known by your harvest. Exclusively, exclusively. That's it. Understand that. So, franchisees, of which I am also one, do what corporate tells you to do. Be what God has called you as an individual to be and feed the church. How does the church grow? Each part does it doing its share. Ephesians chapter 4, 15 and 16. That's how the church has grown. That's it. That's the vision. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Sit in here. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Every Christian, you should be praying. Avail your heart to this, this time. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you want to do, Lord. Do what you want to do. Have your way. From now until every soul is out of this building, have your way. Have your way. Where do you stand with God this morning? Or now this afternoon? Where do you stand? Are you saved? Are you in right standing with God? Are you heaven bound? All those three things, those three things mean the same thing. Are you in right standing with God? Are you saved? Are you heaven bound? Well, Tom, I said a sinner's prayer when I was 17 years old, but I'm living with my girlfriend right now, but I was told, you know, once I'm saved, I'm always saved. That's not the case. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. 
And as we're told in the book of Ephesians, be not ye therefore partakers with them. But those two verses were Hebrews 10, 26 and 27. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7, we're told, don't be partakers with them. You don't have to be. But don't live in delusion. If you're a backslidden believer, you have to get your life right with God now. Now, not tomorrow, because for you, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Now, if you've never been saved, today, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Verse two, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. My spirit will not strive with man forever. Now is your time. How do I know if I'm saved? Have you ever come to God and said, Lord, forgive me of my sins through what Jesus did on the cross and I turn from my sin right now in repentance. If you haven't done that, you may have said the first part, but you never said the second part because your church didn't tell you that. Understand, you are never saved. Obedience is love for God, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. So if that's you and you're not saved this morning, this is between me, you, and God. Nobody's looking around, and I mean every single person. Head bowed, eye closed. You're like, I don't really agree with that. Okay, take it up at Applebee's. I mean business right now. If you need to get your life right with God this afternoon, now is your time. Well, then people are gonna know. I've, I've got this veneer of Christianity and people already think I'm saved and now they're gonna know that I'm not. So you're a respecter of persons and you'd rather gain the world than lose your soul. I've had to respond to these altar calls before. As a Christian, will you? The man standing, standing before you is chief among sinners. I'm not looking down on your sin. I'm not looking down on you with condesa uh, condescension. I'm not doing any of that. I don't have the right as a sinner saved by grace to do that. So if you need to get your life right with God this morning, this, this afternoon, this is, between me, this is between me, you and God exclusively. Nobody else is looking around. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. You will never leave your seat. Never. That's how easy it is. So if that's you and you need to get your life right, stretch your hand proudly into the air right now. Stretch your hand into the air. Boldly. There you go. Put them in the air. High, high. Stretch them high. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. All over the room. Lots and lots and lots of people. You can put them down. God bless you. That's as hard as it gets. Those of you who lifted up your hands, the entire church is going to pray this prayer out loud with you. You pray it directly to the Almighty God. And you are saved. Saved as anybody you could possibly think of. You are as saved as Paul. You're as saved as Peter, Billy Graham, or any pastor or preacher that you admire. You're saved. Saved on your way to heaven, an abundant life on earth, victorious and healed. That's you. Pray this prayer and mean it, and you are saved. Everybody, Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them, and I give you my life. 
from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. <laughs>